Let's say good evening now to Mr. Jim White, columnist at The Telegraph, just to get his thoughts on the season so far. Jim, uh, thank you very much for speaking us for speaking to us here in South Africa. I hope you're well. Thank you to be so, yes. A bit colder than you are, but yes, all is good. <laughs> yeah, I've seen in the games, yeah, it looks so cold. Uh, but um, almost halfway through the season now, Jim, is this how you would have thought the log would look like at this stage? Absolutely not. Uh, I think it, it, it's it, you have to go back to the season that Leicester City won the Premier League um, to, to really get a, a, a similarity. I think many people would have rightly predicted that the uh, or, sorry, many people would have predicted that the Champions League places in the Premier League would now be filled by Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur. Chelsea, Liverpool and Tottenham are fading uh, very badly. City aren't quite as good as they could be. And unexpectedly from nowhere, Arsenal are setting the pace and Manchester United and Newcastle are breathing down their neck. It's it's great. It's completely different from what was expected at the start of the season, I'd say. Definitely. And and what's the cause of that? Is it because maybe it's a different season uh, because of the World Cup? There to be a break and maybe considering that at this stage of the season, the league would have been more than halfway. Can you put your finger on it? What's changed this season? I don't think it is the World Cup because I think the World Cup break affected everybody. I mean, you were talking there before about Brighton. Um, and you could see that that Brighton have got a real kind of sense of confidence out of the fact that they have within their midst the World Cup winner in Alexis McAllister. Brighton had never in their history had a World Cup winner playing for them. So that's obviously given them a boost. But I think for the big clubs, the way in which they manage the gap and the break and they've managed their players coming back, they're all in a very similar position. So I don't think it's the it's the World Cup. I think it's other things. And I, and and Arsenal have really taken advantage of other people's stumbles. So Liverpool, who got absolutely hammered by Brighton uh, at the weekend, they look like an old team coming to the end of their uh, time uh, and uh, are fading very rapidly. Tottenham, well, it's not really working uh, for. Uh, uh, Antonio Conte, the same with Potter at Chelsea. And I think Arsenal have really taken advantage of that and really seized the initiative. They've got a fantastic young team. I think they're the youngest team in the Premier League. And when you look at players like Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, you know, you think, goodness, if they're that good now, how good are they going to be in five years' time? So they're, 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 they're gaining confidence from the fact that they're winning matches left, right and centre. And they're rightly at the top of the league. I don't think anyone should be surprised. And the way they are at the moment, I don't think many will be betting against them being there at the end of May as well. And, and besides them taking advantage of other teams falling off, what has Mikel Arteta done right to this young team that they are now seri- they are still top of the log, Jim? I think what Arteta's done, it's taken him time. He's weeded out players uh, that he he really uh, didn't want to be there. You know, he's, he's paid off players on long contracts. He's gone for you. He's gone for people who are going to back him, who are going to be behind him uh, and, and, and give their all. They play a very good 
brand of football as well. They're, they're attractive to watch. They go on the attack. And as I said, they've got a terrific forward line uh, with Saka. They've got Odegaard pulling the strings. And Xhaka, uh, Granit Xhaka, who was booed off the pitch by mm. Arsenal fans only three seasons ago, transformed into this superbly competent captain and leader. I think they've got a, a, a really, really astute manager. Yes, he gets very overexcited on the pitch. Yes, he, he can tear up and down the touchline, uh, looking as though he's about to explode sometimes. He gets he gets so passionate. I think the fans like that. They like the fact they've got a passionate guy in charge. But he's also uh, a, a, a real stickler for detail. Um, he will now be working very, very hard on how Arsenal can confront Manchester United on Sunday. He'll be really getting into the details, the nitty gritty. Uh, and that detail, I think, is what is, is coming to the fore at Arsenal. Well, there might be eight points clear, but many people still don't think they will hold on, including Gary Neville. Let's play that clip of Gary Neville. He spoke after the win against Spurs. No, but I said Leicester wouldn't win the league. They won't win the league. Manchester City will win the league. And I think Manchester United will finish second. And I know that will annoy Arsenal fans. And it's annoyed them all season. And do you know something? I hope Arsenal win the league. If I'd rather have Arsenal win the league than Manchester City. I, absolute, I think it'd be absolutely sensational for the Premier is that, League. Uh, is that as an analyst or as a fan? Uh, no, as an analyst and a fan. You know, when I yeah, think yeah. about watching the Premier League, we've seen City sweep up almost apart from Liverpool, haven't we, in five years. To think Arsenal can come through and win it, it adds to our league. It makes our league great. Okay, so those are the views of Gary Neville. But <laughs> Jim White, why is it that every weekend people keep expecting Arsenal to fall off even after the win against Spurs? Why do people not think they can hold on? I just think that that their squad is shallow. There is no doubt about that. Uh, They've already lost Gabriel Jesus, so they haven't really got a centre forward. Eddie Nketiah is coming and and doing very, very well. But, you know, he's, he's not quite of the quality to finish off. And I think if they lose a couple more players to injury as they're likely to do, uh, then they just haven't got the players who can come in and cover for them. Whereas Manchester City just have this extraordinary depth in their squad. And they're just going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment. It's not quite working for them. But I think people see the two, the difference between the two squads and just think Arsenal will need to be very lucky to hold on. But then Leicester City did it in 2016. They they had a thin squad, but nobody got injured. They were lucky. And who's to say that Arsenal won't be? Um, you know, it, it, ultimately, you can plan as much as you want, but the lucky breaks need to go your way to win the league as well. And Arsenal might get it if they don't get any injuries. And I guess Man- Manchester City have the depth. They've got the squad and they've been in this position before. And that's why most people think they can still uh, they can still win it from this position. Yeah, but don't forget that Mikel Arteta's been there before. He was Pep ah. Guardiola's number two in the early days at Manchester City. He has won the league as an assistant manager. He has seen how it can be done. Uh, and, and I think that that experience will will come back straight in and people you know say Arteta's a manager you know plucked from nowhere no he wasn't he was brought from Manchester City where he had the best um, teacher that you could have in 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 the coaching game so 
I think that connection is gone. Okay, we're going to try and get uh, Jim White back on the line. We are speaking to Jim White, columnist at uh, The Telegraph, uh, just who's also written a few books also, but Men United also. More significant in the, in, the, in the later stages of it. Okay, that's quite interesting. And just, just, just on City also, there's been a, there's been some criticism. They've been shaking recent matches, like like you've said, um, and some people are blaming the arrival of Erling Haaland as maybe what's caused them to fall off a little bit. That now their football has changed. I mean, is that fair? No, I, I, I mean that's that's just looking for things. Haaland Haaland is 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 not quite on the blistering form that he was on when he first arrived. But the whole point about bringing Haaland was that City created endless chances and didn't convert them. At the start of the season, they were creating endless chances and converting them. Um, I mean, I heard a, a, a ludicrous explanation that because Haaland was scoring all the all the other all the goals, mm. uh, none of the others were were chipping in. That was the problem. But I don't think that's right. Yeah, I think the issues are to do with their defence, actually. Uh, Akanji and uh, Nathan Ake uh, are definitely their second-choice centre-backs. You know, they haven't got Laporte. They haven't got Diaz. Diaz has been so important to them at the back. And I think that that cover uh, centre-back is is a problem for them. And Jao Cancelo, their left-back, who was so productive, so important, used as a kind of inverted full-back uh, by Pep Guardiola, uh, coming in and creating an extra player in midfield. He's not on form either. There are reasons, they're subtle reasons, uh, but it's nothing to do with Irving Haaland. I mean, he, you know, he's just an extraordinary player. Who wouldn't mm. want him in the team? I mean, that, that really is ludicrous to blame him for this situation. Yeah, I think that's what happens when you've set the standard. You become a victim of your own success and people will find anything, anything. But I still think the bigger picture with Haaland is the Champions League. I think that's where uh, he will come in handy for them. But let's go to the lines. Colin from uh, Cape Town. Good evening, my friend. Are you well? Do you want to talk EPL, Colin? Yes, I talk rugby. I talk soccer. I talk any sport. (laughs) Providing your producer phones. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he's put you on the line tonight. Which he never did last night, and I was hoping to talk about the cricket last night. That's fine. We can talk football tonight. Do you you have a team in the EPL? He promised to phone me back, and he never phoned me back last night. (laughs) But anyway, um, I would like to ask your guess. In comparison to our league in South Africa, we got a runaway train. It's 14, 16 points ahead, which no other one can catch. Now, I would like to ask your guest. In um, the English Premier, uh, I've been following it for years and years. And, you know, to me, eight points is not a cushion. Especially if you're just in the, half, the halfway, uh, you, you, you're halfway through. Now, which makes it so exciting is that, all right, um, Arsenal may win it. But I don't think they win by 8 or 12 points, like our league here, yeah, 14, 16 points. But um, who does he favor to catch Arsenal? Okay. And, you know, okay. I, was, yeah. I, was so, I was so sick 
When Liverpool went down Saturday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 3-0. They got a hiding against Brighton. Okay, before maybe we go to the voice notes, Jim, then who do you think then if Arsenal don't win it, can win it? And we haven't even spoken about Man United yet and they're in, in good form. Uh, you're absolutely right. The, the eight points is not a su- I think the connection is just disturbing us just a little bit there. Okay, we do apologize for that break in transmission. We will try and get Jim White back on the line, but we do welcome your voice notes 061 4104 107. Maybe let's go there while is, we... is, oh, there. Back. is he back? Okay. Uh, the, you know. okay, Jim, just hold that thought. We're going to try and maybe try and reconnect with you. Let's play some voice notes. Well, good afternoon, Tabiso. It's Nicholas from Emakazeni. Uh, firstly, let me start by passing my well wishes to Inok Mwebu. May he get well soon. Then coming to the issue of the English Premier League, I'm just happy that menu is uh, menu is back and we are finally competing even though we may not win it we may not win the EPL this season but i'm definitely sure that with eric ten Hag at the helm we will be competing next season good luck to menu go 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 menu glory glory man united evening Jabizo. i think the EPL this season around is some surprises because if you look at teams like fulham They've managed to perform to their potentially, even though they had a, a bumper season at the beginning of the of the of the league. And as for the Gunners, I think the Gunners can push all the way. But Tabiso will see some 19 games to left. I think it is still early days, and anything can happen. And only Liverpool issue Tabiso. I think Klopp can still surprise many in the EPL. And he qualified for Good evening in CFM, it's Mandilak in Deep Slot. Uh, as a Manchester United fan, I would hope that uh, Arsenal would win it uh, than Man City. But honestly, Man City still not convinced. Their squad look fragile. Um, they are coach, inexperienced, not someone who won Cubs. They, they, no, 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 they won't win it. And uh, this week, Rashford will deal with them as well this week. Manchester United will beat them, and that will be the start of the fallout. <laughs> okay, we've had that for the past 18 weeks now of the 18 weekends of the English Premier League. But, uh, Jim, we just lost you there when we were asking, besides, if Arsenal don't win it, then who do you like here? And can Man United make a late push here, considering the form that they are in? Yes, Manchester United can make a late push. I don't think they will win it, but I think they are, as as your callers have said, they've improved so much um, under Ter- Eric Ten Hag. Uh, they they look a they look a proper side, coherent um, players on form, players improving. Um, th- they could make a difference. I think you know, for instance, if they beat Arsenal on Sunday, uh, then they. That they're going to they're going to have an effect on on the league. Beating Manchester City last week is really important, but I don't think they're quite good enough yet uh, to win it. Um, largely because they haven't got a finisher. They tend to win by the odd goal. You don't see United 
totting up huge scores anymore. Uh, I can't see this big guy, Vout Veghorst, being the man who's going <laughs> to get them those goals either. Um, and that's the difference. You know, they haven't got uh, a Haaland. They haven't got a, 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 a Gabriel Jesus. Um, and, and I think that ultimately you need to have a guy who's going to score 25, 30 goals um, to win it. Rashford having a fantastic scoring streak. But we saw on Sunday when Rashford got injured, uh, there, sorry, on Saturday when Rashford got injured, he, he played on, he stayed on, he fought on. But you suddenly thought, oh my word, if he goes off for a few games, then there's no one else who's going to get them goals. Mm. But why is it finally clicking now for Man United under Ten Hag after that slow start, those defeats, I think, to Brentford and Brighton early on? I saw them at Brentford, uh, to be so. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen a Manchester United team give. But I think that the manager was in a very early days then, and he's he's... Got them working. And and I think the biggest thing he did uh, was bring in uh, Casimiro. Uh, Casimiro just provides a kind of reassurance um, in the centre of the part that United have been really lacking. I think you could probably say since since Roy Keane, uh, just a calmness, uh, a toughness, a resilience, a refusal to yield, uh, all of those things. Uh, Casimiro is is the key player, I would say, at United. And if you remember last season, Bruno Fernandes had a terrible season. He, he could barely pass to a bloke wearing the same colour shirt. But you see that Casimiro has given him the confidence. He's back. He's playing creatively, brilliantly um, alongside him. Uh, Christian Eriksen, really important as well. I think United have got the best midfield they've had had uh, since Alex Ferguson retired and and two of the three uh, have been brought in by Ten Hag. And also somebody who's been brought in by Ten Hag is one of our own in South Africa, Benny McCarthy, as the forwards attacking coach. Are you, are you able to gauge his impact uh, so far at Man United? I know some people reckon that the reason Rashford is scoring is because of some of the work that he's doing with the Benny McCarthy. Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that Benny McCarthy has been a huge influence behind the scenes. Um, you know, he he he's a great finisher. And I think that if you look at Rashford uh, last season, you know, he couldn't hit a barn door. Um, and so <laughs> clearly someone has been working with him just, you know, explaining to him when he should make runs, explaining to him how to hold up play. He, he just looks so much more confident and it, it, he looks the player he always threatened to be. And, and I, I believe that, that him and McCarthy work very, very hard um, on, 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 on the training ground. Um, McCarthy, you know, if you remember, he was an absolutely ruthless finisher. He, he wasn't a player who was going to dominate a game Chance came, bang! It was in the back of the net, and I think that um, I think that that really that ability is is given to uh, Rashford or allowed Rashford to refine it. Uh, it was always there, lurking within Rashford, but mm. it's come back, which is an irony when you think about it, because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was a fantastic finisher himself. But my understanding is that that Solskjaer was uh, the kind of coach who just believed that players should find their own equilibrium find their own momentum whereas ten Hag is much more of no we've got to work with these players and and he brought in mccarthy specifically to do that 
Okay, Jim, we'll just take a break and we'll wrap up after this break as we talk English Premier League, which you can catch every Saturday on SABC3. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, we're talking EPL and we haven't even touched on the team that's third on the log, Jim. Newcastle, do we give credit to the financial backing from their Saudi owners here? And are they serious contenders for Champions League football? Uh, absolutely serious uh, contenders. And I think where we should give the credit to is the manager, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Howe. He has really, really sorted them out, made them play. They're not the most exciting team to watch. They're not They're not this grand, operatic kind of side. They're terribly efficient. They're very difficult to beat, very well worked. And, and what I like about Howe is, yes, you talk about the money that he's been given by Saudi Arabia, but he's not gone out and bought superstars. Mm. He's brought in people he knows are going to do a really good job, like Dan Byrne, the huge uh-huh. fullback he brought from Brighton um, and and he's also really improved players who were there like Sean Longstaff the uh, the central midfield player uh, born and bred in Newcastle and he, he's turned him into a terrific player again a bit like Arteta he's a man of tremendous detail he's an obsessive about football and he's really got them going and what I really like about Eddie Howe he's even tempered so He's the same win, lose or draw. He doesn't get overexcited. If you ask him, and I can tell you, uh, we press people ask him at every press conference, are you now in the title race? He just brushes it off. No, I'm only thinking about the next game. I'm sure he'd be saying that last game of the season when they're second with three points to uh, 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 play to win the title. He'll downplay it. And that's the mark of a, of a really shrewd leader, in my opinion. And I guess Champions League football would be huge for them because they can become an attractive club now for many top players. But the Liverpool fans want to know what's gone wrong with their team, Jim White. And do you see them bouncing back this season? I think where they've got a problem, they've got an awful lot of attackers. Many of them are injured at the moment. Uh, They've got... um... Firmino's out. Jota is out. Darwin Nunez didn't play. Against Brighton also. Who else? Okay, those are the forwards. Van Dijk is out also at the back. Uh, their midfield uh, uh, of Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson were just completely out for, out for, outwitted, outrun everything uh, by the Brighton guys. You mentioned Caicedo um, and, and, and McAllister. I mean, they just just absolutely played them off the park and there's a thought i mean they're not that old you know fabino's 29 i think but he looks like he's 50 trying to play against these guys and a lot of people are saying that those guys in central midfield have have been exhausted uh by all the years of pressing and pushing that that um that klopp has demanded of them and i think that's that's the real problem they've got obviously they miss Van Dyke. Mm. Uh, he's the guy who organises everything. But even Van Dyke had been having a poor season. I thought he was poor in the World Cup. Um, and and you know maybe uh, I know it sounds like the most unlikely excuse, but maybe that push for four trophies uh, that they had at the end of last season um, 
is is you know taking its toll now i think maybe they were exhausted and, and and going back to the world cup you know they all played in the world cup apart from salah uh you know they were all involved in, in the world cup and 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 maybe they're just exhausted they certainly looked at it uh, at um uh, Brighton on, on I mean I've never seen such a poor performance mm. from from such a distinguished midfield it, it was a shame I, I think they need to get some reinforcements there players like Curtis Jones aren't perhaps good enough Harvey Elliott maybe not good enough I think they're going to have to spend big and 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 as you say wouldn't be surprised if they spent 60 million on Caicedo and 50 million on McAllister yeah or 100 million on Jude Bellingham if they've got the money <laughs> finally where is this Chelsea team at the moment is Graham Potter still the right man to take them forward is this a project that they're working on because they've been indifferent this season they've been Indifference being very nice to me, so you're <laughs> being very fucking. kind about how bad they've been. Again, very badly affected uh, by injury. But they've also had this kind of scattergun um, approach to recruitment. They're buying left, right and centre. They've just bought this guy, uh, Mudrick from uh, uh, the Shakhtar Donetsk. Mm. And you think, hang on, they've got about five guys who play uh, on the wings already. You know, why do they need another one? You know, um, Hudson Adoy can't even, you know, is, is away on loan. I mean, is this guy a lot better than him? I mean, it's, <coughs> sorry, it's a, a really weird kind of, it's like a supermarket sweep. You know, they've gone in there and grabbed anyone they can get hold of. Um, they say they've got a strategy that they want to get players for the future these are all young guys uh, and you know they're going to be a lot of sorting out to be done i think they've got something like 12 forwards haven't they and and you know they're going to have to get rid of a, a number of those uh, when it comes to the champions league squad for the uh, for the for the knockout stage so yeah, it's a mess. I, I, I mean, there's no other no other question about no no other description than it's a mess. But the 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 problem is, how do they regroup for the second half of the season? The fans are very discontented about Graham Potter. There's no denying that uh, they don't think he's he's strong enough. And uh, I think they're wrong. I think he's a superb manager, but he's not showing it at the moment. Yeah, and he's going to have to show much more than what he's shown. But we've seen what he's done at Brighton and even in Sweden, actually, with that remarkable record of promoting a team from 30 up until uh, the top division. But, Jim, we have to leave it here because of time. Couldn't, can't get through all the teams, even relegation-threatened teams like Everton. Frank Lampard has to be in big trouble there in Everton. But it looks like their anger is actually towards the owners more than uh, the manager. If you saw that protest in that uh, match they played that they lost this past weekend. But thanks for speaking to us, Jim White. We're going to have to leave it here just because of time. We have to go. Go to news.